Welcome to Fireside Chats, a cybercrime magazine podcast series brought to you by Stellar Cyber. Stellar Cyber unifies currently disjointed security tools and data sources to fully visualize, correlate through AI, and automatically detect, investigate, and respond to all attack activities. To learn more about our sponsor, visit StellarCyber.ai. I'm your host, Hilary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. Joining me today is Steve Salinas, Head of Product Marketing at Stellar Cyber. Steve, welcome back. Great to speak with you again. Good to be back. So, Steve, on this episode, you know, I want to talk to you about a few things, but we've all heard about organizations' massive skill shortage when staffing security operations teams and even in turbulent economic times, secure leaders need help finding personnel with the right skills to fill out their team. And so since the forecast is for this gap to grow, security team leaders need to be thinking out of the box to solve this problem, because obviously what we've been doing isn't working. So before we get deeper into everything, I guess just level set for us, why is there a cybersecurity skills gap? Yeah, that's a really good question. And if you will go online, this is a very heated debate around the skills gap. For one, it's been there for, gosh, at least five plus years, and it continues to grow or, or at least hasn't shrunk at all. There are lots of different ways, and people have hypothesized why this skills gap exists, anywhere from people's expectations for bringing you know new security analysts into their team are just unrealistic, which might be part of the problem, to colleges maybe not promoting these type of programs as much. There are a couple of other things that are occurring. You have people that are aging out, you know, they're retiring, kind of your first generation of security analysts are leaving, but they're not being replaced by the the same amount, right? So we have this weird situation where these are great jobs. There are so many great jobs available. And you would think now that people would be drawn to it, but for whatever reason, they're not. Maybe for, they don't think it's exciting. They don't think it's interesting. The pay in a lot of places is very good, but I think there are different causes for this skills gap, but the reality, whether we all agree on why it's happening or not, if you talk to security team leaders, one of the things you will probably hear them say is, you know, they're concerned about their key people leaving because just finding the right person or people can take an exceeding long amount of time. Since finding the perfect candidate is difficult, what are some alternative approaches that security team leaders should start considering? So I think this is where some sort of hybrid approach, there are a couple of different things I like to think about and talk about when it comes to this. Like here with at Stellar Cyber, we service lean security teams, and that means teams, they don't have a deep bench. They have a lot of utility players with varying skills. So the products that we deliver, we, we try to make them as easy to use as possible. But you might have a lean team, you might have a deep team, you might have a really large team, but there probably are a few key individuals on that team that really drive a lot of maybe the process development that you do, talk about the strategy around even when you're bringing in new products into your sock. They're your key players, right? Every team has them. That's just the nature of the beast. And if one of these key players leaves, now a lot of security teams might feel like they've been really hamstrung or they're like really their ability to deliver security outcomes Sanford. So what you got to do is you got to try to, for one, make sure that there aren't just one or two people that are like key. If you have that time, it's an investment you need to make is to bring in others that have the ability to learn. You know, I'm not saying you could, everyone is going to have the exact same skills. That's just never going to happen. 
But if you have this, you kind of level it out across your team, that's one way to kind of mitigate when that one person does decide to leave or retire or whatever might happen. Another thing you might consider, let's say a threat hunter leaves for your team and you really want to find a threat hunter to bring in, that person is hard to find. Well, let's look at it in a different way. What are the tasks that that person did? Is there a way to break those apart on other things so that now maybe you can bring in someone that has maybe some of those beginning skills? And again, you just have to make an investment to train them up to get to that threat hunter capability. But I'll come back to my first point. It's really important, I think, that you have these skills kind of spread across your organization. The other thing you can do, though, is look outsourcing. This is a really common thing now. There are lots of managed security service providers that can help you with certain aspects of your SOC, of delivering your security to your organization. It doesn't have to be everything. It could be a small portion. It could be even maybe just temporarily. Go look and see if you can contract with maybe a local MSSP or someone that you get a, a reference from a colleague to kind of backfill. Again, even if it's only temporarily until you can come up with a strategy to meet your needs for resources internally. Okay, great. So what part do cybersecurity products play in the, the skills gap? That's the next thing that I'm thinking that I'd love to hear you weigh in on. I think that we've seen, and I've personally been on the vendor side for quite a long time, and when you look at products, especially new companies, when you develop a product, you're looking at like, wow, I can really deliver this innovative way to maybe identify threats or to deliver some sort of response actions or whatever it might be. You're solving some problem in a very interesting and, and new way. Usability of the product can sometimes take a back seat. Let's talk about one product that is very well known to be really difficult to use, Sims. They're chock full of capabilities and what they could potentially deliver is impressive. The problem is they're really difficult to use. So I think if we think about what, what are cybersecurity vendors doing, I think part of the skills gap is if you bought products that are difficult to use or they just require a lot of security experience, you kind of put yourself in a box. Instead of being able to choose from a bunch of maybe new graduates or, or people with one or two years of experience, now you got to go find senior analysts eight, 10, 12 years, that's scary because those folks, they're one, they're in super high demand and they're very expensive. So I think that's where the products themselves, and I think what you're starting to see is vendors are re realizing this and they're starting to really focus more on making the products easier to use. That's by introducing things like automation with like very easy readable GUIs that you don't have to be a security guru to be able to use these products. I think that's what we're starting to see. So how can security team leaders, I guess, recalibrate their needs to something perhaps more attainable? So I, I'm going to circle back to my very first thing that I mentioned. And there's, there was an interesting discussion about the skills gap. And it's obvious. I mean, you take it to anything, right? Any, any sort of company, any sort of that's trying to fill any kind of role, ideally, you would love to find I'll call it the unicorn, right? That has all tons of experience and has all the credentials that you want and, and has the references and have worked for all the great companies that you want. That's who you want to bring in, ideally. But we don't live in that world. We have to look realistically at what is available in the market and what can I do? What are the things that this person absolutely needs to have to be able to do the type of job? And then I guess that it really comes to, to calibrating the priorities. I mentioned threat hunting, right? That's a very specialized skill. 
Now, is everyone going to be coming out of college a skilled threat hunter? Probably not. Or being able to write code and different things to help them identify threats? Probably not. And I think it really comes down to just don't discount someone that only has a year or two experience. So I think this happens a lot. You go out to LinkedIn and you look at all the jobs. There are lots of jobs. Then you start to look at some of the requirements. It's like, this isn't even like a senior level role and you want like eight years of experience. It's like, you have to be more realistic. All right, put in the effort, look at the individual, person by person. Do they fit your culture? Do they seem hungry? Do they seem like someone that would want to learn? And that's where you start. Now I'd even say, I remember I worked at one vendor, one of the key people on our team, they were self-taught, but they had spent so much time learning about security. They were one of the most critical people in the SOC. Don't discount anyone, right? Don't limit yourself to some sort of credential, especially today when there's just the competition for resources is so intense. You really got to, to try to take those interviews. And I know it's time consuming and you obviously need some level of, of entry point, but go person by person. You never know when you find a diamond in a rough. Couldn't have said that better myself. And so I guess my last question for you, Steve, is, is there anything else you would recommend to anyone listening who you know needs to hire folks with cybersecurity skills or anything else that we covered today? Yeah, I think one of the things, and this is a longer term strategy, but especially if you think about the security leaders, they do tend to move around a little bit. Every few years, they go to another organization, you know, CISOs and things. Their tenures aren't 15 years. I think when, when you're coming into a situation or you're in a situation, look at the tools you're using. And sometimes, you know, things that are very difficult to use, those increase the requirements for skills in your SOC. And some things are going to need skill. That's just the way that they work, that it works. But other things should be easy to use. So take a look at the product you're using, see if there are things that might be better in the market to suit your need. And I'm not saying rip out everything you use and replace it with a bunch of simple stuff. That's probably a little bit too much to, to bite off at one point, but take a look at those tools, take a look at the team, really understand are there people that want to do more, maybe how you, the team has been set up. And again, I'll go back to my last point. Don't discount anybody. You never know who's going to become the star player in your sock. So I think that's really the message I would give to the security leaders today. Fantastic. Well, Steve, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me and uh, hopefully speak to you again next time. I hope so too. All right. Take care. You too. I'm Hillary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. Fireside Chats is brought to you by Stellar Cyber, who is committed to unifying currently disjointed security tools and data sources to fully visualize, correlate through AI, and automatically detect, investigate, and respond to all attack activities. To learn more about our sponsor, visit StellarCyber.ai. And to keep up with all of our media, visit us at CybercrimeMagazine.com. <laughs>